Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Many people don't know a lot about our movement and... uh... I've been in our movement for a long, long time and I sit on the national executive, I'm a network leader, I did a whole, do a whole pile of different things. I'm also the chair of our university. And many people don't know we've got a university. It's a university college called CHC. That's the latest um, course guide uh, for 2024. The thing I love about it, one of the things I love about a uni, there's many things I love about it, but is um, it's driven to purpose. It's not just a university for just knowledge but across a whole pile of different areas. It's not just a Bible college. There is a school of ministry in it. We've got teaching degrees. We've got human services degrees, counselling degrees. We've got business degrees. We've got uh, education degrees. So we actually produce Christian teachers, which is critical today. We need 12,000 Christian teachers. That's what we need. Uh, and we've got a university that provides that. So if you're interested in studying at, at all, the, that's our uni. And we've got a lot of online courses, um, do a lot of intensives to help people and equip people. So that's an ad for today. But I want to bring this up because these are the new course guides. There's a pile of them outside uh, if you're interested in study. And I recommend everybody study. I'm studying, um, constantly studying. You've, got to, you've actually got to be a lifelong learner. And uh, it's really important, and this is just a structured way to actually study. I'm doing a, uh, studying a research subject at the moment, so I can possibly go on and do a PhD. Um, I'm still debating with my mind about that for the amount of work that takes. And uh, I've tried to get the research subject out of the way and then think again. <laughs> Who's enjoying Mind Monsters? It's a great series, isn't it? Can I encourage you, last week we had Nikki Nusifora at Middle Ridge all day. Um, it's on podcast now. You can download those ones. And, and I really encourage you to listen to it. She's a clinical psychologist. She's a pastor. Very pragmatic in what she's taught. And on Sunday night, if you missed it, she did a, a thing on the Spirit of God, which was outstanding. She ended up praying till about 10 o'clock at night. I think ridiculous. Um, which was phenomenal. And Ross preached a different message. We had Ross Abraham here a couple of weeks ago. He preached a different message called But God at Night. And I really encourage you to listen to them. You know, Mind Monsters is such a real area. One in five people suffer anxiety in Australia right now. One in five. That's uh, an incredibly challenging statistics, I think. And it's in the church. And we've got to deal with it. And this is what this series is about. The challenges people face, the societal norms of social media, gender, divisive politics, the push to destroy identity are playing heavily in the minds of people around us. That's the world we live in. Not just in Australia, across the world. Uh, this is a really interesting season, but I think it's the greatest season of opportunity for the church because we actually have an answer. Whereas the world has ideas, the world has therapists, which is great, we have an answer. 
And the answer is Jesus. That's our answer, being filled with the Holy Spirit. However, most of the battles we face are won and lost in the mind. And I've got a few. If you've got the app, you'll see them come up in the app. If you think you can't do something, you probably won't be able to do it. That's a reality. But if you have faith that God is calling, God will be with you, then you can possibly do what he's calling you to do. So important to understand that God is for us. It's not our ability, it's his ability in us. In our weakness, he is strong. But our strength is found in availability. <laughs> so, so important. If you dwell on your problems, they'll probably overwhelm you. But if you look for solutions, you'll probably find them. If you feel like a victim every day of life, you'll become a victim. But if you can believe you can overcome by the blood of Jesus who makes you an overcomer, then you'll overcome at life. See, most of life's battles are won and lost in the mind. That's our reality. That's why this series is so, so important. The condition of your mind will determine the condition and position of our future. And our lives move in the direction of our strongest thought. So interesting, isn't it? What keeps you awake at night? And one of the things I find is if I get a thought before I go to bed, it can keep me awake at night because that's the, the thought that I dwell on. And one of the reasons why faith confessions, and you'll hear me talk about that a lot if you hang around me, are so, so important to you. That you've actually got to renew your mind. Romans 12.1 and 12.2 says renew your mind. Gives us the power to renew our mind. But it's so, so important. I've been reading a lot of, for this series, and I've been reading for the last probably 12 months, a lot of books on positive psychology and the Christian view of that. And, and it's so, so important we catch it. It actually lines up with Scripture. Proverbs 23, 7, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Not as a man thinks in his head, as a man thinks in his heart. The difference between a head and heart. That 30 centimetres, 18 inches, whatever it is. Sometimes it's a really long way, isn't it? Now we've got to get our head lining up with our heart or convince our actual heart as we get our heart thinking. But let me frame this for you. The devil is the author of lies and he tells you the same lie over and over and over again till you believe it. That's his strategy. It's always been. He's tried it with Jesus. He went to Jesus and said, hey, all this. He told him lies all the time. And Jesus reminded him of Scripture. And we need to be people that remind the devil of Scripture, remind the devil of the promises that we have. That's who we have to be. This is how we overcome our mind monsters. I'll make this statement as well. You cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. Positive mindsets and negative mindsets are birthed out of our identity. And I'm going to—I've got two messages running in my head. You know, I, I put this message together, and and I've got another message that God started talking to me about about four o'clock this morning for you guys, and I've debated whether. How to bring it. So I was going to talk on offences. 
Because offences really mess people up. Luke 17.1 says this, and he says to his disciples, it's impossible that no defences should come. The ESV translates it this way, temptations to sin are sure to come. The Greek word for offence, or sin in this case, is scandal, or scandal. It translates as well as stumbling blocks. And the frame God gave me for the offence message, and I believe we've got to catch it, offences will come, stumbling blocks will come, sin will come, scandals will come. Don't take offence. I think it's an interesting thought because there could be a scandal going on and we take offence. We take it, don't we? We grab hold of it. Oh, look, that, I'm, I'm offended. I get offended. and You can be offended in your marriage. You can be offended in your family, but you take offence. And then you, what do you do with offence once you take it? You carry it. You carry this thing called offence. And the problem with carrying offence is what I've found. And the old teaching we went on in church was, hey, guard your heart. Because out of your heart flows the issues of life. And we think, oh, we've got to guard my heart. So the way I guard my heart is I go, don't go near it, Steve. Don't go near my heart. Go away, man. Don't touch my heart. So we guard our heart this way. And the problem is we take offence. And then we hold the offence out here to guard our heart. And we wander along. And because we've taken offence, we then run into people. And now what happens then? We collect more. We collect more. We become like this Velcro and we go along because we're trying to guard our heart but we're taking offence and we're walking along and it's Velcro. I pick up another one. I pick up another one. All of a sudden we're carrying the burden and the weight of offence. Don't take offence. Just make the decision to say, no, I'm not doing it. And then there's third-party offences. And we take offences for other people. Have you ever done that? <laughs> One of the things I've found over my life is I can come home and say to Moy, my wife Moira, and say, ah, oh, this person did this. And then all of a sudden she's offended. And the problem is, I go to work the next day and it was a misunderstanding and I've sorted it out. So there's no offence anymore. But guess who's left with the offence? And the next time Moira walks in and sees someone, she goes, but you're the same. Don't take offence. Make a decision today that you're not going to take offence. Oh, but there's scandals. Yeah. Scandals in families. Anyone have one? If you haven't had one, you probably will. Don't take offence. So, so important. So, so important. Let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room right now. Father, let forgiveness flow where we've taken offence, Father, today, we choose to let it go. 
We let it go. Father, where there's been offences hanging around and we've gathered and we've picked up more and more of they've come. And Father, we choose to let forgiveness flow. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to shift gears to another preach. They got the offence preach? Everyone good with that? Yeah, Paul, Paul puts it this way. He says, um, don't get angry with each other. Colossians 3.13. Out of the easy version. Who likes the easy version of the Bible? Anyone found the easy version? You got, if you've got the Bible app, there's the easy version. Really good. People go, oh, well, it's not theologically correct. I find God can speak to me out of anything. That's what I find. But this is what it says in, his, in that version, Paul dealing with it. Do not become angry with each other. If you think someone has done something wrong against you, forgive them. Remember the Lord has forgiven you, so you also should forgive other people. That's his antidote. I want to talk to you about what God's been talking to me about for you guys at 4 o'clock this morning. Thank you very much. I want to talk to you about your identity. I'm going to take you to a, a scripture. Two scriptures, actually. I'm going to take you to Mark. It's not in the notes, so you're going to have to, if you've got a Bible, you can pull it up and open it. It's not, you won't find it in the Bible app because fresh. So I'm going to take you rather to Luke 11, verses 2 to 4. And he said to them, when you pray, so the disciples have come to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for, we've, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Matthew 6 puts it this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts, and we have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want you to catch two things. And if you can catch this today, it's going to change your life. Because most of the mind monsters you face are around your identity. That's most of the mind monsters. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. People have said something about you and it's affected your identity. You've, you've, you've picked up a label. I know a couple of friends of mine have been in to, to see doctors lately and that when they walk in, they... The doctor diagnoses them and says, it could be cancer. All of a sudden, the label of cancer gets stamped on their head. They go back next week, he goes, ah, oh, it's not cancer. But for all week, they've been thinking, it's cancer. We go in and you, you go in and you get diagnosed with depression. You've had a, a, a sad day. You go to the doctor and the doctor goes, ha, oh, I know what that is. I open up my book that gives labels and there's a book that gives labels, reality, just in, in psychology, and it's grown over the years. And they pull out the label, depression. And all of a sudden you pick up that label because someone has decided. That and I'm not saying there's not depression. I actually have had depression, reactive depression in 1989. When we were living in the recession we had to have, 
You may remember it if you're my age, and if you're younger than 40, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. And I remember it. But there's a tribe. I'm trying to think of the name of the tribe. I can't think of it. It's gone from the top of my head. As I said, it's a fresh preach. It was 4 o'clock and I haven't done all the research associated with what God was talking to me about. But they don't have the word depression in their language. And guess what? The incidence of depression is basically non-existent. Incredible, isn't it? Because we pick up a label, we pick up an identity. I want to take you back to the Lord's Prayer. Because this is where I don't think people get, and I don't think Christians get it, and I think we have to get it. I think we've got a foundation problem, a spiritual foundation problem in who we are across the board. Because we teach new Christians courses, and maybe you've been through one, and they're good but we miss a foundation piece in a new Christian's course, and that is our identity, who we are. And what happens is we do a lot of teaching, and I just talked to you about a university I got a Bible college in, and all this teaching, and sometimes we get 3,000 scriptures overweight, don't we? Anyone 3,000 scriptures overweight? I see that hand. No, no. We do. We get a whole pile of knowledge, but not knowing what to do with the knowledge. We've got to come back to our identity. I want you to go to the Lord's Prayer. And what does it say? It says, it starts with identity. Our Father. Our Father. Catch that? Our Father. Disciples going, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he says, Homatic, let me sort out your identity. The start of the prayer is our Father. If you've got a mind monster, I want you to bring it to the Father. And then it goes, your kingdom come. He's a Father King. You know what that makes you? Makes you a prince and a princess. Didn't catch it. Yeah, you're a princess. Princess in the kingdom of God. That's who you are. So often in the Christian world, we live as paupers or we live in poverty because we don't understand our identity. We don't understand that we've swapped from this world. The kingdom of dark kingdom of darkness, the devil's world, the kingdom of darkness, and we've gone into the kingdom of God or the kingdom of light. It's an identity shift. We have changed our identity. And so often we live in the mind monsters of the world where the devil says, you're no good. You're no good. You can't do that. And he repeats it and he repeats it and he repeats it and he repeats it till you believe it. But God said, you're in my kingdom. You're my kids. You are princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. And it changes the context Totally. We, I see people begging and they go around begging God. It's never meant to beg God. He's my dad. The scripture says this, I can walk boldly before the throne of grace. 
Yet we treat it like, I can't go there. Because the devil says you can't, you're no good. You sin. Jesus said by the blood. We walk boldly before the throne of God. Your identity is so, so important in this, this season of mind monsters. That if you can change your identity, allow God to actually reinforce in you that you are his kids. The Lord's Prayer, we sometimes, it's so rote, we know it off by heart. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, you can rattle it off, can't you? You probably taught it at school and prayed in Parliament. I have no idea that's establishing identity in you. Kingdom of God. Father. Probably heard me. You may have heard this story. I was worshiping in a little church, in a school building, actually. It's like this one. Not wasn't actually as nice as this one. <laughs> Had green carpet and public school building, state school building. And I was worshiping. Had my hands in the air as you do. My son Chris, who's now thirty-five, I think. Just checking. And he comes up and he tugs on my shirt. And I pick him up and he throws his arms around me and hugs me and says, Daddy, I love you. But as soon as he said it, God said to me, that's how I am with you. See, our identity is God as our Father. And our king. We overcome the mind monsters by understanding whose we are. So, so important. I'm going to take you back to Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. And I've probably got to check my time. We have a monitor up there if you wondered. For though we live in the world, we do not wage as war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. Now remember what we went to to start with around strongholds, scandals, sin. We demolish arguments. Everything that exalts itself above God, the arguments, the devil saying, hey, you're not good enough, speaking to you. People have said the arguments that said you can't do this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. When the devil says you're no good or you're this or you're that, you need to turn back to him and demolish the argument, pull it down. And every imagination... I want you to think about that for a minute because God's given us the vehicle of the imagination. How do you go about the mind monsters that create an imagination in you that aren't in the image of God that tells you you can't do it? We've got to pull them down. We've got to change our view, our imagination. Every imagination, every thought, make it obedient to Christ. Now, the dunamis 
power, the divine power. In that scripture, there's words divine power. Go back one. <coughs> On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish. Divine power is dunamis power. I love the word dunamis. It refers to strength, power, ability. The root word of our English word dynamite or dynamo or dynamic. That's the divine dunamis power in you. According to the Thayer's Greek lexion, which pastors read for going to sleep at night, the moral power of excellence of soul. I want you to catch the Holy Ghost comes in us to give us the power to overcome, the dunamis power to overcome every thought, every imagination, every word, everything that's been spoken over you that doesn't line up with the word of God. And he's given us the power to demolish it. And then Paul said to Timothy, in in 2 Timothy, I think it is, he said, Timothy, because Timothy was having a down day. That's what Scripture says. And he says to him, hold on to Timothy. I want you to speak the prophetic words over your life. I want you to, to build something new. I want you to change your frame. I want you to grab hold of the mind monsters that are in you, change that frame and declare the truth, the prophetic truth over your life. And if you haven't got a prophetic truth, if you haven't had a prophetic word, the Bible is full of them. You are more than overcomers. You can do more. You're exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think through the power of God working in you. They're promises we build over. When the devil comes and says something and tells you you are a sinner, you say, no, I'm not. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. And when God looks down on you, what does he see? He sees the blood. Is an excuse to sin? Certainly not, Paul puts it that way. But we're overcomers through the dunamis power that comes in us. So how do you deal with these offences? How do you deal with the offences that are affecting your mind because of your identity, because of what you've picked up? Luke chapter 17, verses 3 to 5. Take heed to yourself. If a brother sins against you, rebuke them. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day return to you saying, I repent, You shall forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. It's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes we read the context of the scripture of increase our faith with the next verse that said, if you've got faith the size of the mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain, be thou removed. But he's actually, the apostles here are saying, hold on a tick. You're saying if someone picks on us, someone says something about us, someone creates an offence, someone then asks for forgiveness, you forgive them, and they're going, oh, how do we do that? Then he says, if he does it seven times, and the apostles go, increase our faith. It takes faith to actually overcome offence. takes faith. The reality is most of us are like the rest of us. The candles come. 
and they hurt. Don't they? They hurt. Hurts in marriages. Hurts in families. Going to get in trouble now. See? <laughs> if you didn't hear that, it was, oh, don't. Just an opportunity to increase Moira's faith, for forgiveness. See, in marriages, we pick up family of origin issues. So when you get married and you're love struck and you look at the other person and they're just perfect, aren't they? And then you get, and you get married and you come home from the honeymoon and something happens, don't they? They pick up family of origin issues and you go, why would you do that? Now, in our case, we were newly married and uh, Moira was lovely. She was doing something that was so special for me. She actually was making me tomato soup out of a can. Pick me up tomato soup. Probably doesn't exist anymore. But we used to have that as a kid. And Moira hates tomato soup, so it was a real act of service. So she made me this tomato soup and I thought, well, this is wonderful, isn't it? So I scooped up the first spoonful and said, what have you done? And she'd made it with water. Half water and half milk. And I said, my mum doesn't make it like that. <laughs> she makes it with all milk. And Moira took offence. Now, we were living in a little country town. It was probably 300 people max on a good day. And she walked out the doors, gently closed it, and forgot to take the keys. So she had no key to a car. She had no key to get back in the house. And she had nowhere to go. Because there's no people around. So she had to come back, knock on the door, <laughs> and I had to forgive. I had to forgive me. <laughs> See, but offences can come in lots of different ways. Don't take offence. Just don't take offence. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this incredible church. Thank you for this amazing group of people, Father. Help us, Lord, increase our faith, just like the apostles cried out. Increase our faith. When things happen, when scandals come, when sin comes, when husbands do something stupid, increase our faith, Lord, that we can forgive, that we can not take offence, we don't let the mind monster get rooted in our brain. Walk with forgiveness. Out of that forgiveness, Lord. You forgive us, Father. 
thank you, Lord. Help us to understand our identity in you. Our Father. Our King. You are a Father King. Therefore, we are princes, princesses. We can walk boldly into the throne room of our heavenly dad. Lord's prayer goes on to say, give us as we forgive others. You provide for our needs, Father. Not out of begging, it's not out of walking in poverty, it's about coming and you provide for our needs, Lord, that we live in your kingdom. We don't have to strive. We don't have to strive for love. We don't have to strive so that we get seen. We just need to be. Experience. Love us. Feel us. Meet all of our needs, as Paul puts it, according to your riches and glory. In Jesus' name. Hey, just while every eye's closed and every head's bowed in this place, we do it in every service at Highlands. The reason we do this is because you matter to God and you matter to us. I want to give you an opportunity to know God, not just know about Him, not just know the Scriptures, but actually have that relationship with your Heavenly Dad, your Father. And maybe in this place you've never asked God into your life. You've never said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my saviour. Right across this room right now while no one's looking around. I want to give you that opportunity. Know him. Just know about him. That's you. While no one's looking around, would you raise your hand so I can see it? And raising your hand is just that outward sign of an inward decision. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out or call you out. But it's really you saying to God, God, I want to know you. And I'd love to pray with you. Right across the room right now, if that's you, never given your life to Christ, never said God come into your heart, I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you've been away from God. But as I've talked about the Father and your identity today, God's spoken to you and said, yeah, I need that. Been religion being saviour without lordship. Right across this room right now. Last time I'm asking today, across this room, if that's you, you're one of those people. Raise your hand. So why do you delay it? Because you matter. That's why. Christians in the room, we don't mind waiting because we know what it's like to actually encounter God and have him come into our life. Across this room. Well, Father, I pray for everyone in this room. 
Father, if they know you, I ask you to open their eyes to who they are and whose they are. Father, if they don't know you, I thank you, you continue to woo them, love them. They come into that point to encounter you where their lives are changed forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.